So let's begin with tonight's scripture reading. We're going to be reading 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone, and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God, and fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed unto, thereunto. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, and ye know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. So have you ever called on a babysitter to check up on your little baby in, in the middle of babysitting? It's common knowledge not to focus your date night conversation on your kids. <laughs> However, my wife and I have checked up with our babysitter during date nights. Have you ever checked up on your son or, or daughter while they're off to college and away from home? Most folks would at least check up weekly, if not daily, on their child. Have you ever followed up with a just thinking of you card to a loved one who is or was sick? Uh, here at Arise, we send follow-up communications when members are hospitalized. So why do we do these things? We, like Paul, get anxious about our children, family, and friends. We desire to know how they're doing and if they need any help. Paul exhibited this same love and care toward the Thessalonians and many others he ministered to as well. Let's look at some backgrounds to Paul's second journey. Paul's first visit to the Thessalonians was shortened due to a Jewish uprising. After Paul, Silvanus, also known as Silas, and Timotheus, also known as Timothy, fled to Berea, as mentioned in Acts chapter 17. Paul made his way to Athens only later to request Timothy and Silas come to Athens with Paul. Athens is where Paul sent Timothy and, and possibly Silas back to the Thessalonians. Paul had prepared Timothy enough for Paul to send him back to the Thessalonians. It's important to note that Timothy was loved dearly by Paul, and he was loved enough for Paul to call him beloved son in 2 Timothy. Timothy was one of Paul's fellow laborers. Although Paul could have been selfish to keep Timothy with him at Athens, Paul sent Timothy to the Thessalonians solely out of love and care for the Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 through 8, it reads, But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherith her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls because you were dear unto us. Paul refers to himself as being gentle with them as a nurse cherishes her children. He sees the Thessalonians as his own and he desires them to come to fully know the gospel. However, Paul had even more of a reason to be concerned about the Thessalonians. We know that they were being persecuted in their faith. Persecution could have included their property being seized, beatings, being shunned, or even killed. 
Paul is burdened for the Thessalonians, as we would if our children experienced these same things. Paul states twice in the text tonight, in verses 1 and 5, that he could no longer forbear. So what, what does that mean? Forbear means to delay. So Paul, in his heart, could not no longer suppress his impatience to check on the Thessalonians' well-being. Thus he sent Timothy, and possibly to avoid another Jewish riot. And this is showing intense love and care on Paul's behalf. So there are two points that are being clearly made in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. First, every Christian needs strengthening, encouraging, and fostering their faith. Paul did not want to leave the job of discipling the Thessalonians unfinished. Paul wanted to ensure that the Thessalonians kept growing in their faith. Follow-ups are necessary for new believers. We shouldn't just say, welcome to the faith, <laughs> go your own way, and serve the Lord. If a new Christian's faith is not strengthened by a discipler, this could lead Christians to be less spiritually mature. Even in church, there could be a new believer sitting near your row, not fully understanding the sermons. Hopefully this is not one of them. <laughs> we need to be available to new believers to help them grow in their faith. The same applies to a child growing up in the faith. Could you forbear in your heart seeing a new believer not grow in Jesus because they haven't been checked upon? Hopefully you cannot. So how did Paul strengthen and encourage the Thessalonians? We find our answer in verse 2. It reads, And sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. Timothy accepted the call to travel to the Thessalonians to ensure they were growing in their faith and not off track. So let's look at an acronym, SEC. So no, we're, we're not talking about any sports conference that y'all may be familiar with here. We're talking about uh, ascending, establishing, and comforting for SEC. So the S here stands for ascending. Earlier, we looked at Paul's heart how he, how he was filled with love, concern, and care for the Thessalonians. Paul didn't just leave the Thessalonians to unsupported spiritual growth. He followed up with new believers by sending Timothy to check on them. Paul's love sprouted action. So how many times do we miss the mark showing love, concern, and care to other believers? What can we do in our lives to better support others' spiritual growth in Christ Jesus? Paul didn't have as many options as we have today. He couldn't just pick up the phone to call them or text or email. They didn't even have postal service back then. So they had to send, Paul had to send Timothy. In growing new believers' faith today, this might be a weekly phone call, a text or email, or if able, an actual visit to show your love, concern, and care. In the Old Testament, Jeremiah was unable to proclaim the words of the Lord in the house of the Lord. Jeremiah sent Baruch to proclaim the words of the Lord. Much how Paul sent Timothy to the Thessalonians. In Jeremiah chapter 36, five and six, it states, and Jeremiah commanded Baruch saying, I am shut up and I cannot go into the house of the Lord. Therefore, go thou and read in the roll which thou hast written from my mouth the words of the Lord 
in the ears of the people of the Lord's house upon the fasting day, and also thou shalt read them in the ears of all Judea that come out of their cities. God provides through the church together. Let's ensure we're faithful to the Lord by sending support and strengthening the faith of others through God's word. Next, let's look at the E in SEC, which stands for establishing. Establishing. What does establishing mean? It means to set firm. Timothy was sent with two specific goals, one of which was to establish the Thessalonians. Having a goal gave Timothy a clear vision to accomplish his tasks. So what does establishing faith look like? Titus, too, gives many instructions to establish faith. The entire chapter instructs the church how to establish faith. It starts with instruction to older men. But speak thou the things which become doc sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. Further in verse 6, young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part shall be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. This is an example how more established men are to mentor younger men. And we aren't talking about physical age here, but rather spiritual maturity. Titus 2 also instructs older women how to mentor younger women as well. So do you have a goal and a plan for helping new believers? If not, start by asking God in prayer for guidance in reaching new believers and read through Titus chapter 2. At Arise, we encourage the, the read-through of a discipleship book called Continue with a more spiritually mature discipler. A more modern example of not establishing a Christian would be giving a new believer a continue guidebook as a self-reader without the support of a fellow more established Christian to walk alongside them and spiritually nourish them. The church works best together as a team to raise up new Christians. So what happens to a Christian who is not established? So people don't grow and they're led astray. Ephesians 4 verse 14 states that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slay of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lay, they lie wait to deceive. So don't allow your labor to be in vain. We can't avoid the wind, but we can be rooted in Jesus. When I grew up, our family rotated, uh, attending between a Catholic and a Presbyterian church throughout the year. And much of the year, my family didn't attend either service. By high school, I chose to attend neither denomination. In essence, I was tossed to and fro, being carried about with every wind of doctrine. I had a best friend, however, in high school, who after college became my roommate. My best friend ensured that I attended two church services at the same church on Sunday, and without my best friend and his mom's support, I would have been a leaf in the winds without roots in Jesus. A year after my salvation, I began dating my wife, and we were actively seeking to date only believer, believers who were actively involved in the church. 
we continue to establish each other's faith, the whole string of events of God's blessing only point towards strengthening my faith. May the glory be given to God. Amen. The last letter of my acronym SEC stands for comforting. Comforting. Timothy's second goal was to comfort the Thessalonians. So what is comforting? Comforting means to soothe in times of affliction. We know they were suffering persecution because of their faith in Jesus. Remember a few weeks ago in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 14, the Thessalonians experienced persecution from both their countrymen and the Jews. This verse states, For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches, churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye have also suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. Timothy was sent to comfort the Thessalonians in the midst of their trials. We, being the church, need to be ready to help and comfort the faith of those in our church body. Timothy's task was to minister, but we need to be ready to our call of action to support the church's function in growing new Christians. Similarly, in my life, when I was a new believer, I was blessed by God who had sent my best friends to guide my faith and he helped to establish my faith through following up with me and encouraging me to seek weekly Bible studies. And he and his mom encouraged me to seek baptism. Even after he was no longer my roommate, he continued to comfort me and to follow up with me in my faith. Without his, this support, I don't know where I would be today in my spiritual growth. God SEC'd when he sent my best friend who established and comforted me in my faith. But God didn't just stop there. More than a decade later, God is still sending people into my life. A good friend and couple in this church helped my wife and I weekly to grow in our faith. So the second point that I'd like to make clearly in 1 Thessalonians 3, verses 1 through 5, is trials are an inevitable part of being a Christian. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 3 through 4, Paul states that no man should be moved by these afflictions. And later on, he states, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation. Paul is reminding the Thessalonians that they would experience persecution and struggle. Many Christians believe being a Christian is only a life filled with blessings. And I know at least one person who turns their back on God every time they face trials. God tells us as Christians, however, to expect trials. As disciples, we need to let people know that they will be met with afflictions. We will have afflictions not only of this world, but because of our choice to follow Jesus. It's important to ensure newer Christians know our comfort is in the Lord but afflictions will come forth. There will be mountains and there will be valleys in life. And when we're on a mountain, we need to be thankful to the Lord. However, in a valley, we need to seek comfort in the Lord. Just to show this, I'll highlight three verses, uh, starting with 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 7 through 8. This reminds us, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of sound mind. 
Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. How do we overcome afflictions? We overcome afflictions by praying to God for the spirit of power, love, and sound mind. Let's turn to 1 Peter next, chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. Within this verse, it describes through the sorrow of your trials that it will, that it will never allow the, the, it will never outweigh the joy that we have in Christ. So our joy in Christ will always be higher than any trials that we experience. The verse reads, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. We may, know, we may know not why we go through a trial, but trials do prove our faith. Turning now to 1 James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it reiterates joy through trials. It reads, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. There are at least several other verses throughout Matthew, John, Acts, and 2 Timothy that reiterate the point that Christians should be prepared for and will encounter trials. So in summary, first, strengthen and encourage the faith of new believers through sending, establishing, and comforting. And second, expect trials. My challenge to y'all tonight is to focus on those who you're growing in Christ and to strengthen the faith of others. And in other words, do not let new Christians fend for themselves in their spiritual growth. Stop and think. Think of someone in your life who you can strengthen in Christ. After you have the name of that person in your head, think of one way you can spiritually bless their lives. An example would be a text or an email or just a follow-up with their spiritual growth, sending a Bible verse or meeting them for coffee or tea, asking them how their, their walk with the Lord is going. Commit this to action this week. Don't forget to pray during tonight's group prayer for their spiritual growth and for the Lord to show you how you can bless their lives. In the end uh, tonight, I'm going to go ahead and remember one thing, not to let believer, new believers stagnate in their faith, but strengthen their faith in God. Have faith in God in action as directed by God's command, and don't let a Christian glide in neutral when they can drive in fifth gear. Go out of your way to embolden the faith of Christians in the life that God gives us. Let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, please focus our hearts on your word. Allow your word to give us strength. Allow our strength to permeate in actions around us. Help us to grow those new to you, Jesus, and call us to rise to action in love. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.